Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. I'm so excited you've tuned in for today's episode, Hide and Seek. I think you're going to want to download one of the Soul H2O journal pages so you can take notes. I feel there's so much to this message that will help you break through and walk in new levels of freedom if you implement what I'm going to be talking about. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. They can be found on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 74, along with any other links that are mentioned in the show, just in case you're driving and can't write them down. For our inbox talk this week, we heard all the way from the Caribbean. Myrtle from Jamaica emailed to say that she was basking in the heartwarming Soul H2O devotions and wished us all blessings in abundance. I actually met Myrtle years ago when she was living in Canada and attended a women's event I was speaking at. She's been a longtime follower of the Soul H2O devotions. Well, thank you for tuning in, Myrtle. I'm so glad that joyradio.ca is accessible around the world so you can listen in through their My Joy Radio app and their online player. I believe that through this show, you'll stop hiding in the shadows as you realize how hiding takes you to dark places that can rock your faith, identity, and derail your destiny. It's my intention that through this Soul H2O devotion, you would break patterns of hiding, hiding from God, others, and from yourself. I see you beginning to seriously seek God in ways that are going to build up your faith, affirm your identity, and move you towards the destiny God has for you. So let's dive into today's Soul H2O devotion so you can get refreshed. In the past few months, Todd and I have spent some time with his great nieces. It seems really weird saying that. Great nieces. Makes me feel really old, but I'm honestly not, or not as old as I thought I would have been when you're a great aunt. Livy, the oldest, is only two and so much fun to play with every time we get together, whether it's at our house, their house, or Todd's parents' place, we always end up playing the timeless childhood game of hide and seek. I think it's so funny how toddlers play this game and they're never too shy to beg you to play with them. Livy will hide in the most obvious of places and then she'll begin calling for us to come before we finish counting to 10 in case we weren't sure where she was before. Most times she begins giggling even before we get to her. So we pretend we're struggling to find her. It's so easy to find her hiding in plain sight, but you have to kind of play the game so that you just don't go directly to her. From room to room, we say, "Mm, Livy's not in the kitchen. Oh, she's not in the bathroom or the dining room. Oh, where is Livy? We've made the mistake of finding her too quickly before, and she clearly doesn't like that. There's something about us seeking after her she just loves. When we find Livy, she's always acting surprised and she's just giddy in delight that we found her. As I think about the games of hide and seek I've played with Livy and my children when they were young, 
I can see how children playing hide-and-seek want to be sought after, how they long for you to finish counting and come searching for them. Kids want you to spend energy seeking them out. They desire to be seen, and kids want to be found. Aren't we all just big kids? Don't you want to be sought after? Long to have someone spend energy seeking you out? Don't you desire to be seen and want to be found? If you're ready to get really honest, I'd think you'd admit these would be in your core desires. The desire for people to see what you do and to see it as good. Well, that's the reason why people post things on Instagram and Facebook so others see what you've done and that there would be some form of validation by those seeking you out on social media. It's a normal human behavior to want to play hide and seek by the way you live, even as an adult. The problem happens when you only play half the game, when you just hide and you never seek. You'll find this playing out in the Bible right at the beginning through the life of Adam and Eve. In Genesis 3, 6 to 13, it tells the story of Adam and Eve in the garden with the devil in the form of a snake, how he seduced them, and I did say them, into eating the unnamed fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the only tree that God told Adam they weren't supposed to eat from. In verse 6, Scripture says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Okay, A little sidebar from the story, but right now I'm picturing a full-on adult game of hide-and-seek where Adam and Eve are hiding and God the Father sees them as easily as we do Livy. I mean, he's God, the God of the universe. He created the trees that they're hiding behind and he created them. Hebrews 4.13 in the Berean Study Bible says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and exposed before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Psalm 33:13 From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. Job 34:21 confirms that God sees our every step. He sees everything we do. Jeremiah 16:17 says, My eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from me, nor is their sin concealed from my eyes. And that truth is repeated in Proverbs 15, verse 3, in the Good News translation that says, The Lord sees what happens everywhere. He is watching us, whether we do good or evil. God sees the good and bad that you do. He saw the good and the bad that Adam and Eve had done. Nothing was a shock to him, but it was to them. And it so often is to us when we find ourselves doing something we never imagined we'd do or being in a situation that in our wildest dreams, we never thought we'd be in. 
Our knee-jerk reaction is to hide. We hide from God, hide from others, and sometimes we even run away from ourselves. I remember the first year I was going through divorce. I went to camp where I knew and loved a good number of the people there. Normally, I love camp and can't get enough of visiting with friends and family, but not that year. I never in a million years imagined that I would end up divorced, not really something you put in your 10-year life plan. The shame of my situation triggered a desire in me to hide. I would slip into the services late and sneak out before they finished so I didn't have to run into anyone and answer the dreaded question, so how are you doing? If my amazing friends, Kevin and Wendy Pauls, hadn't sought me out in that summer, I would have spent the whole time by myself or taking care of the kids. It was the worst summer of my life hiding in the trailer. So I think it's safe to say that not much has changed since the days of Adam and Eve. Sin or struggling situations like I was in or that you might be facing can bring on shame that makes you want to hide and hiding is the worst place for you. It's in the hiding, in those dark places where if you don't watch, you'll close off your heart to God and your faith wavers, causing your sense of identity to falter and the connection of your purpose falls to the wayside. But it doesn't have to be that way. God isn't done with you yet. Like he wasn't done with Adam and Eve, he had a whole redemption plan for their story, and he's got one up his sleeve for you. Standing in your ruins feels a lot like the end. No, he's not done. God's not done with you. Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth is committed to calling women to freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness in Christ. As the author of over 20 books and leader of the True Woman Movement, Nancy has dedicated her life to introducing and guiding women through biblical womanhood. Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth, weekdays at 11.30 a.m., right here on Joy, hometown Christian radio for the GTA. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Going back to the story in Genesis 3, starting back at verse 9, when Adam and Eve had been deceived by the devil, eaten the forbidden fruit, and their shame leads them to start hiding from God when they hear him walking in the garden. We read how God called to the man, Where are you? Adam answered and said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Sin makes you feel exposed. It fills your heart with lies that God won't want to find you because you've done wrong, broken his rules and made him mad. The weight of sin makes you feel like God will reject you. So the pattern of human nature is to run away and hide. Reject God before he rejects you. This same behavior is played out relationship after relationship. I love God's question here. Who told you you were naked? God knew all along. 
It's just that they were oblivious to their butt nakedness before eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I believe this is why God told Adam that they should never eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's what I was trying to explain in a live video on social media a few weeks ago. If you don't follow me on social media, I hope you'll start because I'm often sharing insights that God downloads to me as I'm spending time with him in my daily devotions. I believe God told Adam that they should never eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because it would destroy their innocence. He knew that when people had knowledge of their sin, it would make them feel shame devastate their identity, make them accountable for their choices, make them feel rejected by God, and cause them to hide from Him. I believe God didn't want them to eat of this forbidden fruit because He didn't want it to break their relationship with Him. I was reading John 16, where Jesus is trying to explain to the disciples for the last few chapters that He was going to have to die on the cross that this was a part of God's plan in hopes that they wouldn't freak out when it all happened and lose their faith. After explaining it a few different ways, the disciples finally get it. They're a little thick-headed, just like us. In John 16, 31, Jesus replied to them and said, Now you finally believe in me, and the time has come when you will be scattered, and each one of you will go your own way, leaving me alone. The disciples Jesus' best friends deserted him in his most difficult hour when he was beaten and nailed to the cross. The disciples hid just like Adam and Eve. Only John was there at the crucifixion, but then he left to take care of Mary, Jesus' mother. After that, Jesus was all alone, or so it seemed, as he called out on the cross, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken or deserted me? That's from Matthew 27, verse 46. The next verse tells us how people there misunderstood what Jesus was saying on the cross, and I believe that people are still misunderstanding what he meant today. Growing up in church, I heard it preached that because Jesus felt the weight of the world's sin on his shoulders as he was nailed on the cross that day, a holy God had to turn his back on Jesus and forsake him. This has always bothered me because it just doesn't line up with everything that God said in the Old Testament about how he would never leave us and never forsake us. The end of John 16, 31 says, Yet I am never alone, for the Father is always with me. When he was teaching the disciples, he said, You're going to leave me, but my Father never will. So after Jesus talks about the disciples abandoning him, he lets them know that he's never, ever abandoned by the Father. In episode 62, Sweep It Away, I read scripture after scripture for you to soak in, like Deuteronomy 31.8, where God is promising, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. If this is something you struggle with believing like the disciples did, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 62. So, was Jesus lying or contradicting the rest of scripture here when he cried out on the cross, my God, why have you forsaken or deserted me? No, 
I believe that in his humanity, Jesus didn't just feel the physical pain on the cross, but the emotional pain too. The emotional pain that sin brings into our lives. Jesus felt that lie from the enemy that God has rejected us or that he's going to. Hebrews 4 verses 15 to 16 assures us that Jesus is able to empathize with our weaknesses, how he was tempted in every way, just as you are, yet he didn't sin. The verse goes on to say, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, no shame involved, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus understands the way you feel when you miss the mark, when you do things less than God's best, or when you actually do something horribly wrong. Jesus felt it all on the cross, and he still loves you. The Father still loves you. In Romans 8, 35, Paul asked the question, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Then in verses 37 to 39, Paul answers his own question by saying, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither of our fears for today, nor worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Know today that you are loved by God and nothing you or anyone else may have done to you can separate you from his love for you. No matter how hard you hide, God always sees you just like I can easily see Livy when she's hiding in the house. God wants you to always seek him. And he's an easy find because he hides like all toddlers do, right in plain sight. God wants you to see him and to seek him. Your desire to be sought after is because you're made in his image. You're just like him and God desires to be sought after. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, If you seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you seek him with your whole heart and if your whole soul, if you seek God, you are going to find him. It's not like when you're a teenager playing hide and go seek and you literally sometimes could search for days to find a friend that is so well hidden. That's not God. He's hiding in plain sight. He just wants you to go after him. He wants you to seek him. And I can tell you're someone who wants to seek after God because you're listening to this show. You could be anywhere, doing anything, listening to something else, but you're here because your heart is longing to find God. So where have you found God before? Was it at church, a retreat, praying with friends, attending a Bible study, taking a walk in the woods, or was it in your living room reading your Bible? Wherever it was, why not start seeking him there? In Psalm 34 verses 4 to 5, David said, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him 
to God are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Seeking God removes the shame from your life and the desire to hide. It's a powerful feeling when you seek God and get into his presence. And that's why the enemy tries his darndest to keep you away from spending time with God, because he knows that when you do, you won't feel the rejection, shame, or condemnation that you're expecting. No, it's just the opposite. When you seek God and you get into his presence, your fears are removed. Your identity is restored and you are left radiant, glowing like a girl in love with a sense of purpose for your future. Hiding takes you to places that can rock your faith, your identity and destiny. Adam and Eve's faith was affected because they didn't trust God to still love them after they had sinned and didn't just ask for forgiveness. They doubted their position with God, their identity as his children, and their destiny was shortchanged because they would no longer live eternally but experience death. You need to break these patterns of hiding, hiding from God, others, and yourself. God wants you to know that he sees everything and still nothing can ever separate you from his love. No matter how hard you hide, God is always seeking you out and he always wants you to seek him. When you begin seriously seeking God in ways that build your faith, affirm your identity, and then it will move you into the destiny God has for your life. I set my intention for this show that people listening, yeah, that's you, would stop hiding in the shadows, that you would stop hiding out in secrecy and not letting the true you be seen. I hope you now realize after listening to these scriptures how hiding takes you to unhealthy places that can make your faith falter, disfigure your sense of identity, and derail your destiny. It's my intention that through this Soul H2O devotion that you would break hiding patterns, patterns of hiding from God, from others, and from yourself, because as Torin sang in this week's Music Pick song, God's not done with you. If you just can't imagine accomplishing this on your own, know that you don't have to. Why not take my Traveling Through the Desert with You online course and sign up for the group coaching, or if you need a little more connection than that, choose the personal one-to-one coaching option and let me help you come out of the shadows. I challenge you today to begin seriously seeking God in ways that would build your faith, affirm your identity in Christ, and move you towards the destiny that God has for you. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 74 of the Soul H2O Radio and Podcast Show. Make sure to check out the show notes for deeper insights, links to the station, and my online course. Until next week, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. 
Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.